0: I don't know if you guys know this, but during the lockdown, whether you were locked down for four weeks or 16 weeks or maybe you're still locked down, I, I, don't, I don't know. But regardless, we all got into some habits. People were binge-watching whole seasons or or multiple seasons of shows. Any, any of you get into that? Some of us ate for 16 weeks. Um, There was a number of things, but one of the things I, I have to confess, I, I got addicted to crossword puzzles. Anybody have this problem? You have this problem? Yeah. And my my problem was I couldn't quit. I'd get into a crossword puzzle. My wife would say, you know, well, it's time to eat. I'd say, no, I got to finish the crossword puzzle. She'd say, it's time to go to church. I say, no, I can't. I've got to finish the crossword puzzle. And it got so bad that I went to the doctor and I said, you know, doc, I'm, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I've got an addiction to to crossword puzzles. And he looked at me, I, I said, I've got to finish them. I've got to finish them. He said, just don't get too down. <laughs> 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 All right. Let's talk about something right out of the gate today. I want to talk to you that are watching online. Listen, I love you guys. I'm so glad you're there. And I know some of you, you're in Washington, you're in uh, Virginia, you're in Maine. Uh, but some of a lot of you are right here. And listen... We're happy to offer this service, but it's not the same as being here. It's not the same as singing in the crowd and, and catching the excitement that's being here. It's not, it's not the same as being a part of baptisms or patting people on the back and getting patted on the back. And I'm telling you, so much depression and anxieties happen because people have remained in a lockdown position. You were not meant for that. Hebrews 10.25 says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now listen, if you're on full lockdown... I respect that. Maybe it's to protect yourself. Maybe it's to protect your family and friends. But I'll just say this straight. If you can go to Walmart, Publix, and out to dinner, you can come to church, and we want you back. <clears throat> now, it's at moments like this that I wish I could be down there because I'd like to amen myself. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. Now, listen, we love you, and like I said, I understand if you need to be, but I'm telling you, there's things you get. This is not intellectual, and we need you here. We need people. We need about 50 people right now to help in the children's department. We need 10 to help in the teen department. We need help with the thrift store. We'll get to that later. But those are things that you cannot do just watching online, because Christianity is far more than just an intellectual exercise. And the writer of Hebrews knew that, that the power of us being together was so important because we know the word, but we sharpen the word in us by being with each other. Oh, look, I'm not the only one that believes in marriage. I'm not the only one that believes in pro-life. I'm not the only one that believes the Bible is the word of God. And when you're isolated, you'll begin to think maybe I'm out here all by myself. That's the power of of the corporate worship experience. And just because you're watching doesn't mean you're worshiping. Just because you're watching doesn't mean you're praying. And even just because you're here doesn't mean you're worshiping. That's still a choice. But what we're going to talk about today is sort of what I just said. It's about the fact that God's welcome mat is open. Now look, because there are commandments in Scripture... And we stand on those commandments. That doesn't mean that we don't open the door for people to come in. And sometimes the church struggles finding that balance because our job is to love everybody. Am I right? Amen. All right. Now some people are hard to love. Different people are difficult to love for different reasons. All right. That's okay. But the church's job is to roll out the red carpet for lost people to find jesus i don't compromise doesn't mean i say, well you know what joe doesn't know what marriage is anymore no we understand what marriage is but we still love people who think differently because we want them to find jesus do you know how messed up this world is do you really think we're going to fix it Maybe, Joe, by August, we're going to have solved all the world's problems. Cuba will be in control. There'll be no more murdering in, in, in Malawi. There'll be no more children being uh, trafficked on the southern border of the United States. We'll have everything under control. Then things will be good. That never happens. We have to bring people to Jesus out of the fire, out of the mess. We pull them in. And if we get one, we win. If we get five, we win. But our job is to make sure that people know about Jesus and that they're welcome. We'll let God work off the rough edges. We'll let God make the transformational. We're not compromising when we welcome people in who are sinners because that's all that's in this room. Now, we're supposed to be changing, but don't forget where you came from. And I don't forget where I came from. And if you have children, God reminds you of where you came from. <laughs> it's funny how he does that, isn't it? So we're going to look at Isaiah 26. And he talks about the importance of us opening up for the lost world to find salvation. Here we go. Stand with me. Eight verses. In that day, this song. Now, I want you to notice that people sing when they're happy. People don't sing when they're not happy. All right? You go to a a rock concert and you see people singing, they're happy. Doesn't mean they're worshiping God, but you sing when you're happy. You don't sing when you're crying, you sing when you're happy. In that day, this song will be sung in Jerusalem. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. The city of Jerusalem will become the city of salvation. Where did Jesus die? Jerusalem, thank you. Where did Jesus raise from the dead? Jerusalem. Where did Jesus ascend to heaven? You're catching it. All right. The city of Jerusalem will become the city of salvation. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord, is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Feet trample it down, the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. The path of the righteous is level. O upright one, you made the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts you can be seated so he kicks this thing off he says open the gates of salvation now he's speaking to who to a jewish culture isaiah is the prophet in jerusalem this is 2700 years ago he's saying Salvation is going to come out of Judah. It's going to come out of Jerusalem. Jesus is coming out of Jerusalem. The Messiah is coming out. But the gates should be open so that all nations can come to salvation. Seems logical, doesn't it? But we're the gatekeepers. Do you know that? You as the church... You and I as the church, we're the gatekeepers. And when people spend time with us, they decide, is the gate open or is the gate closed? Am I welcome if I came to your church? You know, in my past, I've done this, 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 and this. You know, in my present, I do this, this, and this. You know what? You're just the kind of person Jesus is looking for. And we open the gates. This is a country thing. If you grow up in the country, you city people don't understand this as well. But uh, in the country, when you pull up to a property, normally you have to park your truck. And then you have to get out. And there's a lock. Or there's, a, there's a pen. And you've got to open a gate. And you swing it open. And you stick a pen in the ground. You drive your truck through. And then you close it back. But when that gate's open, who goes through? Anyone. Dog, cow, sheep another truck until you close the gate anybody can come through the message that isaiah is saying is that it's our job to keep the gate open because the natural tendency of the church the natural tendency of the jewish people at the time was to close the gate you know jesus said to the pharisees he's having a conversation with them one day now again these people think they're the most godly people ever to walk the earth they've got a guaranteed golden ticket to willy wonka's heaven they are they are in jesus said not only will you not get into heaven but you go out of your way to make sure nobody else gets in wow no my friends our job is to unlock the gate, to open the gate, and let people know that Jesus died for all of them. Now, some people watching right now, some of you in this room, you're like, I don't even know what he's talking about. It's okay. It's all right. We're just glad you're here. You're looking for God. You're looking for something. You're looking for hope. You're looking for purpose. Listen, there's dialogue going on online. There's people that are hosting this. Write them. Write questions online. Hit the button, I've decided, so you can start talking privately uh, over here. You say, look, I don't, I don't even know. I just know that I, I want some of this. I don't understand it, but I want some of this. Psalm 24, verse 7 and 8. This is a song from the 90s. Somebody made a beautiful worship song. That's how old I am. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. So there's a sense where you and I personally have to lift up the gate. We've got to open the gate to let Jesus into our lives, to let God have a hold in us. But it's also our job to hold the gate up so other people get in. That's our job. And if we miss that, we've failed as a church. Last week, one of the greatest weeks in the history of this church, 19 people accepted Jesus and were baptized. 19. That... Listen, we celebrate every single one because one day we're going to find that last person. That last person is going to accept Jesus. We're going to get out of here. All right, that's, that's what we're rooting for. But listen, we live in a messed up world. Would you agree with that? Amen. Everything is messed up, okay? Just so you know, I don't misquote things. Here's the picture from CNN. It's not possible to know a person's gender or identity at birth, and there is no consensus criteria for assigning sex at birth. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't do real well in science. But I did have a lot of friends that were farmers. Now, see, this kind of stuff just gets portrayed... Like it's science. There's no science saying that you can tell what sex a baby is when they're born. Really. All right? This is what's being passed off in our culture today. Now, if you think you can fix CNN, good luck. If you think you can fix... NBC or Fox, if you think you can fix the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, there's no chance. You know what? Listen to me. We have such a, our calling is so much above all of that foolishness. Our job is to get people into an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank God I don't have to fix NBC. I just have to get people to a right relationship with Jesus. That's it. And that's why we're here. That's the message we preach. And then he gets into this part. If you know anything about this, you probably know Isaiah twenty-six three. It's probably a verse you memorized somewhere along the way. It says, God will keep you in perfect peace. I like that verse. I write it on a lot of prayer cards when I write to people. God will keep you in perfect peace there's no that in hebrew there's no punctuation in hebrew there's no way to to show that you're emphasizing something unless you double down on it so the word is actually god will keep you in peace peace or in hebrew the word is shalom god will keep you in shalom shalom when a hebrew person says shalom to you it can mean good morning it can mean good evening it can mean goodbye But the purpose of the word, when I say shalom, it means I want the very best for you. My family to your family and from God to you. Shalom. I wish the very best. And he says, God will keep you in this double shalom. If what? If we keep our eyes steadfastly focused on him. That's why the body of Christ is so important. To encourage us. See, this is not your Christian life. This is the pep rally. This is where you come to get your core centered again so that you can go out and live your Christian life. He will keep you in perfect peace. The word there is safe and sound. Safe and sound. But wait, but wait. We've got alcohol and we've got drugs in our family and our culture's out of control. You, you want to check this th- listen to this number. On the southern border of the United States right now, Texas, New Mexico, California, sex traffickers making $14 million a day selling children. $14 million a day. That's the kind of stuff that makes you mad, doesn't it? We talk about the thousands or millions of children that are being aborted. Those are things that make us mad. There's a a lot of things that make us mad. But I've learned, it took me a while to figure this out, that I can be really angry on the outside and still have double peace on the inside. And it's because the real issue, the eternal issue, has already been settled between me and Jesus. Jesus on the cross. So I can be upset about things, I can be mad about things, I, I can be frustrated by things, and you should. And I think it's a, I think it's a fallacy to say, well, you're a Christian and you got mad, and Christians are supposed to get mad. There ought to be, th- if, 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 if children being sold as sex slave on your border, if that doesn't bother you, if that doesn't make you mad, I question if you're a Christian. Well, I think Christians ought to be quiet and calm and, Bologna. You remember Jesus flipping over tables in the temple? Right. And we forget that story. Chase people out with whips? Yeah, there was another side to Jesus. So God said, but it's the core. I'm talking to a friend on the phone the other day. He's been, he's been in jail 12 times in multiple countries because he's a Christian. Okay? And I said... I said, "So how you feel? I mean, I, I know you don't want to go back to jail." He said, "Peter went to jail." I said, "Yeah, but how do you feel about that?" He said, "Paul went to jail." I just gave up. I mean, what, what do you what do you say? Uh, I mean, what he was saying is, "Joe, what's wrong with you? You coward!" Um, but uh, he's too he's too good of a friend to say that to me. Um, but He's got peace. He's got peace inside that God's in control. God's got me. It doesn't matter whether I'm in jail, outside of jail. It doesn't make any difference. I'll keep preaching the same message. And God still is in control of my life regardless. See, the world wants to think they're in control of things. That's what power's about, money's about, governments are about. That's what greed's all about. But the truth is, if you've settled things with Jesus Christ, you can have this safe and sound, peace on peace, shalom, shalom, and you can sit in the midst of the chaos and still have peace. Time for our creation moment. Brought to you by, no. Um, this is found in the last couple of months. This is a picture of a dinosaur that was fossilized. Now, you've got to pay attention. All right, the dinosaur was fossilized sitting on a nest of eggs. Now, it takes millions of years to make a fossil, right? So the dinosaur had to sit there for millions of years, and the eggs had to sit there for millions of years without decaying. Or perhaps there was a worldwide flood that hit this thing so fast that nothing moved and they were fossilized right where they were sitting. That's free. Here's what Dawkins said. Dawkins is a noted atheist. He said, given infinite time or infinite opportunities, anything is possible. Now Dawkins is about as hardcore an atheist as you'll ever run into. He knows full well that there is no way that evolution can be proved. Not a chance. There's not, there's not a chance that you can get one, one a piece of life to come to life from non-life. In fact, it violates the law of physics to do that. So he says, you just need more time. You see, it's not that a rock can't turn into a chicken. It just needs a lot of time. If you have trillions and trillions and trillions of years, eventually the rock will turn into a chicken. So I want to ask this question. He says, given infinite time or infinite opportunities, anything is possible. I want to say, Mr. Dawkins, how about God? Given infinite time, is God possible? But see, he ruled God out from the beginning. So even though he knows that his science is no good and his math is impossible for evolution to happen, he has no choice but to stick with it and to say, well, you just need more time. Now Jesus said, listen, I'll give you perfect peace. Let me tell you a story about Jesus. If you read, if you read the Gospels, the, the four stories about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... Do you know there's not one funeral that Jesus goes to that he doesn't raise the person from the dead? Do some homework. There's not one time he runs into a dead person that he doesn't raise them from the dead. And somebody says, now wait a minute, wait a minute. What about the thief on the cross? Jesus died first. Death never was in his presence that he didn't bring people back to life. You think he was making a statement? You think he was making a statement about who I am and the power that I have and the message that you want peace? Guys, I can give you life and I can put it right back into your hands. And then the last part of this. So salvation, open the gates. Everybody, come on. Perfect peace. But the name matters. And he specifically says, Isaiah says, he said, your name and your renown is what we're after. Philippians 2 says, it's the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One name. One name. The name matters. Well, what what if it's Buddha or Hindu or or what if it's a tree or, or what if I'm a Satanist or... There's one name. Why is salvation coming out of Jerusalem? Because there's one salvation message. There's one cross. There's one God that raised from the dead on behalf of everyone. Everyone is included, but that one name is vital. And I'm amazed at the risks that people are willing to take, take, hoping that these multiple options will work. You remember the boat? It's still sitting there in in the Suez Canal. Here's a picture of it. He was close to getting through the Suez Canal. Was it close enough? No. In fact, the ship's sitting there. Uh, They got it out of the middle, but it's still sitting there because the Egyptian government has fined the ship uh, company a billion dollars for all the money they cost them so there's a billion dollar fine and they won't release that so if you're missing something from your amazon order it very well could be it could very well be on this boat um, but it was close they almost made it through probably wasn't more than a few inches made the difference it's amazing to me that people are willing to gamble their eternal life heaven or hell you know you don't come back right Well. What if we just go into the ground and that's all that is? Well, then won't matter, will it? Worms will have all of us and so be it. But if there is a heaven and hell, hell is forever. Heaven is forever. No coming back, no do-overs, no second chance. Not, God's not going to say, well, you know what? That was close enough. No, Jesus paid the price so that it was paid in full. And his name matters. Here's the last story, and I'll wrap this up. All right. This is Yellowstone. I spent a lot of time out at Yellowstone Park as a kid. My dad loved it out there. Still does. And uh, there's signs everywhere saying, do not get in the water. It's like 4 million degrees. All right. You ever been out there? It's volcanic water. There's a clue because there's like steam coming up out of the water and there's bubbling, bubbling clay and uh, the water's boiling. You can watch it boil right there in front of you, but there's always somebody. You know, I used to think, why are the signs there? But this generation is showing us more and more why the signs are there. So a young man stepped into, he dissolved. No, nobody. No parts, nothing left. He dissolved. You'd think the next guy would learn, wouldn't you? But yet we keep seeing these kinds of stories happen. It's like, I mean, it's like the Wizard of Oz. I mean, you say, well, the pain, the pain was quick. Yeah, it was quick, but pretty intense. The problem is in hell, that pain never stops. Now, am I trying to scare you? You bet I am. Because I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to go to heaven. Because both are eternal destinies and both are choices that you and I make. So what's the message? The gates are open. God's welcome mat is out. The name of Jesus matters. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the peace that only you can give. And I know there's a room full of people that need it. I know there's people watching online all over Florida and all over this country that need that peace. Some of them need to be saved. Some of them just need to take that next step. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I need some connection with God. Help me. Others are drowning in guilt. Looking for closure from grief. Looking to find that double peace that only you can bring. So, Holy Spirit, I can't convert anybody. You can. So I ask you to move in hearts today in Jesus name.